has 2023 started. What a fantastic start we've had. You know, we uh, did a week of prayer and fasting, and I just want to say thank you, church, for getting on board. I want to say thank you that you didn't leave it to someone else, but that you decided that you were going to get involved. And whether you got involved by watching a devotion, whether you got involved by coming to a prayer meeting, and you know, the Tuesday night prayer meeting that we had here, I reckon was the largest prayer meeting that we've had since Nina and I actually came to uh, Emerge Church. I, I, it was just phenomenal how many people were here and, and in the locations it was good. By the way, want some good news? Right, Nina is coming back, right? So, uh, so in the next couple of weeks, we'll be making some announcements around Vision Sunday and uh, Nina will be back here. So for those of you who just come on Sunday morning, I do have a wife. Right, and she is awesome. Right, she's way better than me. Right, and so you'll be very glad when Nina's uh, back in. I'll be very glad. Right, I love sitting next to Rachel, whoever's sitting next to me. But like, I want to sit next to Nina. Right, and church is just much better when Nina's there. You know, uh, know, many people fasted for the first time. Many people fasted during our prayer and fasting when they hadn't fasted for a long time. You know, I personally fasted the week. And it had been four years since I last fasted for a week's period. I'd have decided, you know, I'd kind of got to this thought, that's for the young ones, right? When you're young, that's when you fast. And let me tell you, fasting in 60 is different to fasting at 30 or 40, trust me, right? But uh, uh, I decided I'm going to do it. I want God to move, right? There's a, a desperation. And then we started to see some great things, right? It was just started to see our, our combined service was just amazing, right? Like, for the, I, I, thought, I do sometimes think, how good it would be just to have one service, get everyone together, but then that's chaos, right? I'll just show you. I, I said something on the day. I wish I'd organized a drone. And then one, some of our young people had a drone in the car, quickly got out, and did a drone. How good is that? So I'll just show you a quick picture. So every car, even my car was parked out so we couldn't even take Russell to the airport, right? It was stuck. So every car park was just taken. Every seat was taken. We had to fill in the front rows in a foyer. It was just all packed out right down. And I don't think the video goes, but it, it actually shows right down to the road, people were parking their cars. And it was great. So it was excellent to get us all together but I'm not sure I want that chaos every week. And also, too, the, true, the honesty of it is, is that if we did that every week, we'd never grow. Right? You just don't grow. One of the great things about having locations and, and other places, you've got capacity for growth. And if we didn't have a combined meeting, we probably would have, even though it was awesome, right? even if we didn't have a combined meeting, we would have had more people in church that morning. But it was a great morning, and we will. You know, do it a couple of times a year where we just come together as a, as a church. You know, just, just in one place. Summit's good for that. This year I've got some great people coming to Summit. We'll talk about that in a couple of weeks as well. You know, last week our meetings with Corey Turner were just amazing. Were just, just fantastic. There was something happening in the spirit. Something's happening in the atmosphere over our church. There's a freedom, there's a, there's a liberty, there's something that's going on in the atmosphere and, and we wanna see that continue. I don't want it to stop. I want it to see it continues, but it happens because we've hungered. 
It's happened because we've prayed and we've fasted. It's, it's happened because we've made a, a demand in a sense of, God, we want to see you move. We don't want to just have the same old, same old. We don't just want 2023 to be 2022 rerun. We want to see something different. And so we, we started to see people touched tangibly by the presence of God. You know, last week in Redcliffe, while people were watching on video, right? This is amazing, right? Sometimes, you know, technology doesn't work, as we saw during that Alpha Crucis ad. <laughs> right? Like, you know, like, so sometimes it doesn't work. But in technology, something of faith started to stir in people's hearts. And three people were healed of something in their hip. One lady spent all Sunday afternoon running up and down her stairs because her hip had been released. You know, God is doing something. Jason came and just told me that a young boy just had a problem with his eye. Just here, came out to the prayer with his mum. Jason prayed for him and God healed him in his eye. God is starting to do things. You know, a lady or a young lady in our church, she's from a mainline tradition. You know, she was prayed for last week on Sunday night and Nina was praying for her and she got slain in the spirit. She she doesn't know about slain in the spirit, right? So she's like, what? She texts Nina the next day going, what, what happened there? I remember the first time someone prayed for me. I went to an altar call. Remember, I had no idea churches like this existed. So this is like about a week or two later. I'm in a meeting. They say, if you want prayer, come. And I wanted a prayer to stop smoking, right? And that took a few years to answer that prayer. But like, uh, it has, I've answered now, right? <laughs> But uh, I remember being at the front, right? Now, I've never seen slain in the spirit. I don't know it's a thing. I, 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 I don't know, you know, some people actually hoping that it happens, right? But I'm, this person's praying for me, and I'm like, like this, right? And, and I'm literally thinking, if I fall over, they're going to call an ambulance. They're going to think, like, like, I've fainted. Something's happened to me. I've had a vasovagal. I've, I've, whatever, I've passed out, right? And, and so I am literally sitting there, not concentrating on the prayer at all. I'm just like this. You'll never get me over, right? And right? See, what happens is that that sense of God just becomes so strong. And as you yield to it, never say the word yield. As you yield to it, all of a sudden God starts to, work on your spirit. God starts to work on your heart. And, and, and it was wonderful. You know, Corey was praying and prophesying over different ones and he gave Nina and I a word and, and I had a real touch from God. Right? I, I felt I was slain and I'm just lying on the ground. And I'm the pastor of the church, so I want to know what's going on. Right? So I'm trying to stay in the spirit, but then my flesh is going, what's, who's he, what's going on? And I want to get up. And I just feel like, nah, don't get up. Holy Spirit's just saying, just stay down. I'm, I'm working on you. But I go, but I want to get up. I want to I wanna see. Then he started praying for people. And I'm thinking like, well, who's he praying for? I want to see who he's prophesying over. What, 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 you know, all these different things. And, and the Holy Spirit's just saying, stay down. Now, it wasn't like an MMA match where there's ground and pound and <laughs> God's got me on the ground. But there was a sense of, a battle in my flesh. Am I going to yield to what God wants to do? Or am I going to let my flesh win? Am I going to let God have his way? Or am I going to kind of go and try and get back into control? Right? And, and it was really good because what was happening to me while I was down there is that God was just doing a work in my spirit. And I often feel that when you get slain in the spirit, it's almost like a, an operation that God's just doing on your heart. He's doing something in your spirit. 
And I had this sense as I was lying on the ground there, kind of, kind of I'm going to get up and up, just, and I had this sense, God is in control. God is building this church, right? And as a senior pastor, there is a responsibility that you feel. You feel this uh, accountability. You got all these people coming to church and you want them to encounter God. And so all your decisions, your prayers, everything is about making sure that it's right. And then you go, well, what if I get it wrong? And then 10 people got a different opinion on what should happen and, and all these other things. And so you want to go into the flesh all the time. And, and, and there's this struggle that you happen all the time when you're the, the senior pastor. and Because you want God to move. You're trying your best. You're trying to do it. But it doesn't always go the way that you would like. And I'm down there and God's just saying, just rest, Mark. Just rest. Now you think after being in the ministry for like coming up to 29 years, I would have learned this. Right? You would have thought that personal striving wasn't going to be something, but there's sometimes you just get into that. And I'm on the ground, and God is just saying, just rest. Just take it easy. I'm doing church. and do a better job than you can too. Right? So it was amazing. It was, just, it was just good. God's the one who's going to build this church. And I can rest in that. He's given me great staff. He's given me great people. He's given this presence. It's, it's, it's just wonderful. And I want to tell you, I'm glad I yielded. Because when I stood up, I stood up free. I stood up in liberty. I, I stood up with this sense of empowerment. But it's funny, I stood up, I still kind of like almost fell over again. Like, it was just like, it was just amazing. But I'm glad that I yielded. So yielding to the Holy Spirit is very important. We've got to obey those little promptings to raise your hands. You know, like we, some, you know, we the church Sunday night probably a bit more, but I don't know why we can't jump on a Sunday morning. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, and, and I want to explain a little bit in a minute as, I, as I'm speaking why these things are important. Why God wants you to jump. Why God wants you to put your body into it. Let everything that have breath yeah. praise the Lord. Let there, let, there, let there come something from your body in, in yielding to the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've got to kneel. Right? Are you going to just kneel and, and do something? Are you going to allow the emotion to overflow? Now, that happens to me a lot. I, I walked in this morning, and I just, I'd, I've been at Planet Shakers the last couple of days, and, and it was great and wonderful, but my tank's full. So the next moment I'm in the presence, I go, this just like start leaking, right, from my eyes, right? Like there's just this presence of God. I just sense the presence of God. I'm driving here this morning in the car, and I'm just singing in the Spirit as I'm just driving in my car. Just sense the presence of God. There's just this yielding that I want to have. You know, maybe it's to walk out the front. Maybe it's to sing loud. Maybe it's to sing soft. Maybe it's to speak in the language of the Holy Spirit. They're all moments where you decide to yield to God where you decide that I'm going to allow God's will to overcome my will, where I'm going to allow God's spirit to override the, the spirit of my flesh. See, to yield, our body has to come into subjection to our soul. Right? See, our, our body doesn't want to, but God starts speaking to your soul, starts speaking to your mind, your will and emotions, and, his, and your body, he starts telling you to do something because he wants your body. We are body, soul, and spirit, and he, and he wants to engage all three parts of us, but he starts in the body, and he starts saying to you, start doing something, and your flesh is going, no, I don't want to do that. What do people think? 
if I do that? Well, that's just dumb. God knows that I love him. I don't need to demonstrate. I don't need to do anything. And, and there's this kind of fight in that, that soul and, and, that, and that body. And, and, and your, your soul is saying, come on, get subject to me. God trying to engage your body. So sometimes when God wants us to engage our body, soul, and spirit, he'll get us to do something with our body, to clap, to sing, to jump, to kneel, to walk, so that our body submits to our soul. And then our mind and our will and our emotions start to come into play. All of a sudden, I'm coming cold. All of a sudden, I'm coming to church worried about this. All of a sudden, I'm worried about this interaction. All of a sudden, I'm, I'm, I'm worried about what's going on in my life. And all of us, oh no, it's gone. I've gone from my body because I've engaged my body. My body has now subjected itself to my soul. And so I go, it's gone. I sense God. I feel God that's in this place. All of a sudden, I'm thinking about God and my soul has become engaged. Jesus is my strength. God is my shield. Whom shall I fear? All of a sudden, I'm gone from the flesh into the spirit. My body first submitted to my soul and now my soul has submitted to the spirit of God in my life. Now God can do something for eternity. Now what God starts to do in me is something that's eternal. It's not just fleshly, it's not just temporal. It's actually, I bring the eternal into the temporal and God is able to do that. All of a sudden, my spirit and God's Holy Spirit on the same page. See, my body first submitted to my soul, but now my soul is submitted to the Spirit of God in my life. And now God can do something. That's why we're doing a, uh, anointing service today, tonight. I want God to come in to your soul. I want there to be an expectation. We're also gonna pray for our seniors first as well. So if you're here and, and you're senior, and uh, I'll let you decide about that, <laughs> all right? We're gonna pray for you as well first because we want you to be here. We want you to be here. So we're gonna pray for families, we're gonna pray for seniors because we wanna make it easy for you to be here and be, but I, but I, I want eternity to form this year. I, wanna, I want the eternal to be what guides you this year. I want to be the eternal, that, that your life matters, that there's sense of purpose to it. See, that's where the presence of God is so real. That's, that's how I describe it. It's just like God is real. You think about it, that's what we have over every other faith. I was talking to this about the staff on Tuesday. Every other faith has only got dogma, doctrine, and a behavioral pattern because they haven't got God. Doesn't matter how earnest they are. Doesn't matter how sincere they are. Doesn't matter how hard they push into it. They actually haven't got God. But we have God. God is real. The one true God is ours and that's who we worship. I don't mean to, I'm not disrespecting the other faiths. I'm not telling all those things. That's not my heart. But we actually have God. That's what makes us distinct. We can touch God. I don't just have to kind of serve God out of earnestness or, or do the right things or have enough knowledge. All I have to do is have a hunger for the one true God. And Jesus, having that hunger for Jesus. So I don't feel like I'm, I'm not paying out other religions here. I'm just saying, 
We've got God. That's what makes us different. You know, some people never fully experience it because they don't yield. Right? Yielding is the key. It's being hungry to what God wants to do. You know, I was praying for someone one day and I was telling God, God, why haven't you touched this person? Why haven't you touched this person? Like, you touched them, everything was so much different. And, and I just felt the Holy Spirit say to me, oh, I've tried to touch them. I've tried to touch them many times, but they resisted. They refused to yield. Right? It wasn't that, that they, see, see, our flesh can yield to God or our flesh can resist God. And we make that call. Am I going to yield? Am I going to be put in a place of uncomfortability? Am I going to be put in a place where, where, where I have to have a sacrifice of praise? Right? Or am I going to resist this? And what will happen is that one day you'll be offended. One day someone will do something. Some, one day something happens that you don't really understand. And so instead of yielding, you go, no, I'm going to take a step back and watch this. But then when you take a step back and watch this, you go, oh, no, I'm going to take another step back. And then you're going to take another step back. And then what happens is that you end up with an opinion because you go, I like that and that's this. And, and you reconcile it in your mind. You reconcile it in your flesh and you don't yield. But the Bible tells me, taste and see that the Lord is good. And so I yield and there's God. And then I yield and there's God. And then I yield and then there's God. And as I see God, I just want more of God. One of the reasons that I'm in tune right now, why, why it's almost like saturation point. The moment I do anything of God, the emotion starts to come to me. Even in preaching this message today, I'm fighting emotion because I get sick of crying all the time when I speak to you guys. You know, so yield. Yield to God. See, your body, your flesh wants to resist God. That's why it's a sacrifice of praise. It's interesting, we do praise first. You know, if you, uh, just if you come late to church, we actually do praise at the start of church, right? So just, just thought I'd let you know. Looking over the top of the crowd. See, your flesh will tell you 50 ways why to resist. 50 ways why not to yield. And that's why hunger is the key. Hunger is the key. I, I really want to encourage you to come on Wednesday night. You know, we've got to have our team meetings. So people, you know, just make this church run. It doesn't run on us and the staff. It runs on you guys. And I just got this word burning in me for, for Wednesday night. I just, just, just be here. Just Even if you're not a leader, you want to be after you, after you hear this message. See, over the years, I've taught myself, trained myself, to be not partial, sensitive to the Spirit of God. I don't, I, I've lent in over the years. You, you would think that if you've been doing this, like 40 years a Christian this year, right? You would think after 40 years, and I've probably been in 10,000 meetings, without a lie, I would have been in 10,000 meetings over the years, right? You would think, well, after being in 10,000 meetings, I don't need another meeting. Well, I do. I want to go. I didn't have to be dragged to Planet Shakers this week. 
I don't have to be dragged if I, if I was a member of the congregation to come to the anointing service this week. Right? They don't have to drag me to anything because I've tasted, I've, I, I, have, I have trained myself. So the moment someone starts playing a song, doesn't matter whether they're good or whether they're bad, doesn't matter whether I like the song or I don't like the song, right? I've decided I'm going to worship God. I'm going to look to God. I'm going to yield to God. I'm going to cry out to God. So I want to say, it's not a surprise when God moves on me. I don't go into a time of prayer, a time of worship, and then God touches me and speaks to me. Oh my gosh, it worked. Oh, I couldn't. Oh my gosh, God came true. I didn't believe that. Like, it's not a surprise. I actually go there expecting. I actually go there believing that something is going to happen. If, I, if I've got an issue, if there's something that I can't work out, I'm expecting that God's going to open up His Word. Someone's going to come and pray. Someone's going to come and say something. I'm going to be in prayer. But I'm expecting that God's going to come. This is an expectation. It doesn't surprise me because I've trained myself to yield. I've trained myself to yield because I want a tangible relationship with Jesus. That's what I want. That's my desire. When I talk to you about walking and talking with God, that's not a theory. It's not a goal that you can get to some destination. It's real. You can have that now. See, the following of good doctrinal knowledge, though important, isn't actually going to keep my faith vibrant and effective. The doing of good works, though necessary, isn't what's going to keep my faith growing. The living of a righteous life, living trying not to offend God and trying to live without sin, that's beneficial in every way, in every way. But it's not enough to keep your life fresh and alive in Christ. It's His presence. I want good doctrine. I will do good works. I will live a righteous life. But I want them to come as a response, as a result of my seeking of God, of my pursuing of the presence of God. I want it to be alive, not a dead works, not a kind of rope where I just walk around. This is what I do. 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 But Jesus Christ came and promised to give me an abundant life, a Zoe life, a life that's extraordinary, and I want to walk with God. I want God to be real in my life. You know, now, at the moment, in our church, there's a season of where God is tangible, where God is moving. It's, it's, it's pretty amazing. And God's given me two pictures. And I hope I can describe them today because they're pictures. And when God gives you a picture, nothing, words can't really kind of articulate what it is. But there's two pictures. I've got a daughter who's living in London right now. I love my daughter. I talk to her all the time. We probably talk sometimes more now than what we did when she was living here. Right? So our relationship is strong. You know, we, she walks to school and we're on, uh, like, what's that, FaceTime? Yeah, right? We're on FaceTime and I see her and I can see her face and I can see her smile and I can see her expression. I can see everything about her. We laugh and we tell some jokes and then she'll show me the, 
Snow. She showed me snow recently, right? So she showed me all the different things, and we talk. It's great. It's wonderful. But you know what? I miss Rachel. Right? I miss her. I can't hug her. I can't touch her. Even though I can have a relationship with her, it's just that the tangibility's gone. The touch is gone. Right? And, and in a month's time, I'm going to see her. Right? I'm, we're going to Israel, and I just happen to be going via London. Right, so how that worked out, right? I will tell you though, if I go, it's $500 cheaper to go via London, right, than it is to go straight to Israel, right? So I'm saving the church money. That's my motivation, right? And if you believe that, there's a bridge I'd like to sell you in the city, right? But, uh, uh, you know, I'm gonna see it, it'll be tangible. You know that, that sense when I see her at the airport, and she's going to come running, and I'll be running, and I'll be crying. I'll be tripping Nina over so I, so I can get there first, right? <laughs> right? And, I, and I'm just going to hug her. See, what's happened during COVID, we, we, we've, we've kept relationship. We've seen the expressions of God. We've seen the, we've seen the, but we haven't touched God for a while. And what God is doing is he's saying, come and touch me again. Come and have that intimate, real relationship with me again. We're not estranged. I'm not estranged from Rachel. If something's going on, trust me, she rings me in five minutes. <laughs> like, you know, any time of the night. Try to get a phone call and, you know, like, and, and, and I'll answer it. When God, you know, it, but it's not tangible. And that's what God is saying. I want, I want to make it tangible again. I want to make it real again. And that's not a rebuke to anyone. That's a, that's, I want to encourage you around those things. The other picture I get is, is of people be getting unstuck. And you can see mud flats. All right, you can see mud flats and they're tidal mud flats. And I think you can probably catch those big crabs there and, and everything like that. I never go there. I don't like those things. But, and so what happens though is that the sand is soft, right? And get muddy. And if you try and walk on there, all of a sudden you'll find little sinkholes and, you know, like you'll, you'll get stuck in them. I used to take the, the kids to Sandgate when the tide was out and I'd find these little holes and I'd kind of make a thing and I'd get the kids to stand in there and then I'd get them and then I'd get them stuck and I'd just leave them, <laughs> right? <laughs> All right? That's why she went to England, right? But, uh, <laughs> but you, you know, like you get stuck. And I think some of us have got stuck. And God spoke to me on Sunday, last Sunday, when Pastor Corey was here and said, there are people getting unstuck. People are getting unstuck and they're starting to run again. They're starting to run again. And I want to prophesy over you that 2023, you're going to run unhindered. You're going to run unfettered. Amen? Who wants that? So what happened last week? Many people came unstuck and it's time to run again. It's time to run unhindered. So the move of God that I see has just been happening over the last little while happened when Pastor Ken Lee came here. I believe something started. That There's, there's always kind of like a start. It's always like a, a, a little blow, a little thing of what God's doing. And it started on a Sunday night. Pastor Ken preached awesome. He's a great guy, wonderful man of God. I love Pastor Ken. But he preached on the Sunday night. And what he did is he preached on about the, oil, the, the wise and foolish virgins. And he talked about the fact that 
What their issue wasn't that they didn't have a great lamp, they had lost their oil, right? They, they allowed the oil to run out. And what he did is he said, stop making it about the lamp. Stop trying to make it about your life and making it shiny and, and look good. Make it about the oil. Make it about the oil that's inside. Make it about the oil. And he exhorted us to make sure that our lamps had oil. And I remember that night, the altar call was just like, boom, right? Like it was just packed down the aisles. And and it really, I mean, it was a good message. It was spoken by an anointed man of God, but really what happened is the Spirit of God took it and just bang, 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 started doing something in people's lives. And, And man, it was just great. It started something. There was the initial flick, the initial fire. So then I went on holiday, and a great holiday, went away for one month. It was awesome, right? I've never had such a long holiday. It was, it was just amazing, just, just freshness. But I, but I came back with this sense of I want to pursue God, right? There was this sense of, of renewal, this refreshing that was in my spirit. I was just saying, God, I want more of God. And I did, I, I, while I was on holidays, I, I'd text Joe or emailed him or do whatever, and I said, I want to have an all-in. I want to do an all-in. I want everyone to kind of get all the different uh, locations, come together, and I want to speak a message. And I don't know if you remember, because never remember my messages. Uh, that's not me. I'm not being, put, like, you forget, tomorrow you'll forget this message already, right? So, right, like, so, but I just spoke on, it's the presence of God that makes us distinct. I had this abiding sense. Like what I said before, it's not our ways, it's not our things. It's, it's the presence of God, the fact that God is real that makes us distinct. There was, there was something. It, it wasn't our behaviors. It wasn't our ways. It wasn't our doctrine. It wasn't our order that distinguished us from the rest of the peoples of the world, but it was the presence of God that was with us and on us. Then came summer. And some it was excellent, some it was such a freshness, there was such a celebration. There's something that happened that summer. Great worship, great ministry, great presence. And as Pastor Paul Geeling spoke on that Sunday, Saturday night, and he spoke about digging a well, that's when God stirred me. And he did something in my spirit right over here. Like it's not a magic spot over there. But over there, God said to me, Mark, it's time to start to to dig a well for what God's about to do. Now, I'll tell you, that was the genesis of our time of prayer and fasting. So I said, okay, I'm going to dig a well, but I'm going to get everyone to help me dig, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? And, 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 and something happened because I started to yield to God. I'd made up my mind at 60, I don't need to fast anymore. I'll get Jason to do it. <laughs> right? I'll get Harry to fast. He's young, he's strong. Right? I'll get Morgan to fast. I'll, I'll, you know, but no, that's a young man's thing. Right? But God said, no, you've got to start to dig a well for where I'm taking. And I spoke on digging wells. And I knew that I was starting to touch people and, and stir people and, and do some things. And, and God was doing something. Then one Sunday night, in the middle of praise and worship, Kent Fennell decided, I'm going to yield to God. And what he did, and on a Sunday night, he just walked out the front. And he knelt down and he just started to worship. He didn't give a prophecy. And I'm thinking, Kent, you've probably been in 20,000 meetings, right? And there's something happened in that one meeting where he decides, I'm not going to care what people think. You know, people could think, and you know, I'm glad it was Kent because Kent 
He runs our prayer and intercession ministry. Does a fantastic job. I just, I, I, just, just wonderful. But he came and, and something broke that night. Yeah. I, remember, I can't remember. It was either Jason. I think Jason was leading. And without anyone asking, then a young girl came up over here. And then someone, a young man and a um, lady come over here. And then I look up and there's like about 40 people just kneeling at the altar. There's no invitation. There was no, come on, come out the front, come and do something like this. But there's something broke in the spirit. Something yielded, something happened. There's, there's people that yielded. So it always takes someone to, to have that guts to, to go and do something. You know, Kent could have thought, well, you know, what, what is, is, you know, all sorts of things. I'm sure there's all sorts of reasons that they're coming into his mind why not to go out the front. But there was also the Spirit of God in his soul saying, come on, man. Come on, do this. You need to do this. And something broke that night. Something happened. It was a wonderful, wonderful night. And then really, then David Storer came, did his wholeness seminar, and that last final session for hours, I think it finished at three o'clock, right? For hours, people just sat in the presence of God, allowed God to start to do something. There was a soaking. There was a waiting. There was, a, there was this, I need God. I need God. I want God. I, I ask God. And then what happened is that we just started having meetings that just went over time all the time. I started going, look, we can't go over time this time. We just can't do it. But then God's moving. So then I came out with a master stroke, right? Like, church is finished now. God bless you. Thank you very much for coming. If you want to go, God bless you. But I feel God's doing something, right? We're going to keep continuing at the altar. Bang. Good. Everyone go home at the time, they said. But no one did. Right? People just stayed. People started moving. It wasn't just the water. It wasn't just that red cliff. It was, it was everywhere. It wasn't when we had a guest speaker. It was just when we had our speakers. We just had people because there's a hunger and a stirring. God is doing something at our church. And it's because as a church, we're learning to yield. We're open. We're expanding. Last Sunday night, God touched me because I yielded. When I could have got up, where I wanted to get up, I decided to yield to the Spirit and stay down and allow God to do something in my life. See, the move of God always starts in hunger, but His doorway is yes, Lord. Right? That's the door. To get into this room, you had to come into one of these doors. Most of you came in those doors. You're not in this room if you didn't come through a door. You want to see a move of God? It starts with hunger. But the doorway is when you go, yes, Lord, I yield. Yes, Lord, I'm ready. Yes, Lord, I'm expecting. Yes, God, I'm anticipating. It's in the yes. It's in the yield to God that his presence flows. And that's why I tell you, that's why sometimes the altar seems strange. You see a grown man crying. You see a young girl groaning. You see a lady shaking. You know, last Sunday night, Keith was so touched by the Lord that for maybe an hour, he just sobbed almost uncontrollably. And we can say, well, that's a bit strange. But I'm sitting there going, no, leave him alone. God's doing something. And then to see his family just come around him at the end. God's doing something. I'm here because many times I was Keith on the floor crying uncontrollably. I can tell you of a number of times. Once, like, I literally bit my 
tongue and my inside of my neck because I just wanted to stop crying because the presence, I, I, I was in this building in, in Melbourne. I was in Melbourne. I was at some entertainment center there and I just started walking. I walked out and I just walked down the river just with the presence of God just, just wouldn't leave me alone. Just wouldn't leave me alone. And all I can say was, it's just the goodness of God. I understood that the angels can stand before God forever going, holy, holy, holy. Lord God Almighty, who was and who is and who is to come. See, it wasn't a, it, it's just, you can do that forever. Time stands still. It's the presence of God and it's the best place to be. Someone falling to the ground, someone praying loudly in the spirit, and while the pre, all sorts of things are going on. They're all manifestations of the presence of God as people yield to God. See, when a hungry person yields to God, the Spirit of God is always going to ask them to do something, get that body, soul, and spirit involved. And so sometimes we can look at it and go, well, that's a bit crazy. And let me tell you, I've been in lots of meetings where I've seen some crazy things. Right? You know Nina. I want to tell you one night, I, Nina doesn't drink at all, right? I don't drink at all. I've seen her drunker than anyone's ever been in my life. I've seen drunk people because I have been drunk. <laughs> Let me tell you, she was gone, right? It was, it was in a meeting in Adelaide. She was gone really all night. Like it started, it, it was just amazing. I, I, it, it, she was drunk. That's the only way I can say it. It's crazy. It doesn't make no sense. But then I look at the book of Acts. And when I see the Spirit of God say, Paul, what did they say? These men are drunk. And we can sit there and let our mind start to analyze. Why is she doing that? Why is she shaking? Why is she doing that? And what happens is that we're taking a step back. But when we take a step forward, we go, ooh, that's God. See, it's taste and see. It's not smell and see. It's not watch and see. It's not kind of, it's taste and see that the Lord is good. And it's as we yield. You know, I never had someone come to me after, oh, I got saying the Spirit was terrible. Right? Wish that didn't happen. Gee, you know, presence of God, no, not horrible. You know, oh, God touched me. Not terrible. No. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. It's pretty crazy on the day of Pentecost. See, sometimes we don't yield to God because we think it's crazy. What would the world think? Don't worry about that. They already think we're crazy. Honestly, I already think the Bible says that, you know, the things of God are foolishness to those who are perishing. You know, 1 Corinthians 14 talks about unbelievers and outsiders coming into our meetings. And it says, speaking in tongues and prophesying, it says, some may think we're out of our mind. But then there's others who will come and they'll be convicted. They'll, they'll, they'll be sensed the call of account. They'll see that God is real. The Bible says they'll fall on their face, they'll worship God. And this is what they'll say. They'll say, God is among you. God is among you. What is it that attracted them? Not our doctrine. Not all of our good works. Not all of those things. God attracted them. God did something. See, it's the Spirit of God who convicts. So I, I don't want unbelievers and outsiders to just come to our church, see all the features and benefits and say, well, if I join this organization, my life is going to get better. Right? I mean, it's nice, but that's not why we exist. It's not just to make your life better. 
It's not just so you can be part of us. Because what will happen is that church will change them only until they find a better or more fulfilling club. And and it's just what it is. It's a club of nice, like-minded people. See, church needs to be a place where your hunger is stirred and there's an encounter with the ever-living one true God who's real in your life. That deserves a clap. Let me tell you, that deserves a clap. It's time in 2023 to stir your hunger because God wants to encounter you. God encounters the hungry. He fills the thirsty. When the hungry come to the altar, they leave filled. But if you're meeting and God is moving and you're not hungry, you have, as I said before, just an opinion. Encounter with God, though, and this is where I'm coming to. The encounter with God is never just for encounter's sake. It's not just for you. The message isn't just about seeking an encounter with God. That's not what this message is. And what the real message is why it's important. Your encounters with God is always linked to the purpose of God in your life. Don't get tricked into thinking that encounter is about you. It may be happening in you, but it's always for others. It's always for kingdom destiny. Your initial encounter with God is for you. Christ, the hope of glory, lives in you. But every other encounter from then on is always with someone else in mind. God wants us to be a river, not a swamp. You can't build anything on a swamp. It's just full of mosquitoes. But by a river, you'll never live in drought. See, Jesus said it's a faithless and perverse generation that seeks a sign. If you only want an encounter to get a sign, it actually tells me you're a baby Christian. I just need God to give me more milk. Right? Just like I'm going to cry if I don't get it. Right? So faith is, you don't have to show faith. God shows you, wants you to have some faith. Right? And then it says you're perverse. What does perverse mean? It means that something was intended for this, but then you used it for that. You perverted its use. And your encounter is given to you so that you can go and do something for the kingdom. And if you turn it into something that's just for you, all of a sudden you perverted this very purpose in why God gave it to you. You're not showing faith. It's not just for you. Like any selfish desire, if it's just about you, you always need a bit more. If you get a car, want a yellow one. If you get this, you want more. It's always about more if it's just about you. One week you shake, next week you shake, rattle, next week you shake, rattle and roll. What are you going to do after that? Because it's always about getting something more for me. But when we want an encounter with God that says, God, I want more of your kingdom destiny, all of a sudden, oh, God starts to do something. God starts to do something. The woman at the world encountered Jesus, went out and told everything, what everyone that's what Jesus had told her and what Jesus had done. The demoniac with his legion of demons, he had an encounter with God. He's delivered and he goes and tells his whole area what God had done. And when Jesus comes back a few little while later, there's a great crowd there. The woman at the well, she encounters, I said, every prophet in the Old Testament is given a vision and an encounter with God so they can go on and do what God is asking to do. Paul had countless encounters with God, so they helped him going on in the middle of persecution. What's he doing in prison? He's singing. He's having an encounter. 
How's he going to get through prison if he's not having an encounter? It wasn't going to be his doctrine. It wasn't going to be anything else. It was going to be the fact that God is with me. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. Mary and Martha has a, both have encounters with Jesus. And that results in them sitting before God and serving God. See, your encounter with God is always so that someone else can encounter God. That's why we're here as a church. I want people to encounter God. We aren't designed by God to be Dead Sea Christians or any concern with what's going in. We're meant to be people that let our kingdom encounter result in others encountering God. Maybe the band could come. You've heard me say it a thousand times. When God saved you, he had someone else in mind. Can I encourage you, church? This year, develop a hunger for God and his presence. There's some things that don't bring encounter. Negativity doesn't bring encountering. Cynicism, gossip. Those things just don't bring encounter. You know, the... The things that we watch, the things that we listen to, the, the things that inform us, the, 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 all, all those things, that, they don't bring encounter. They bring comparison. They, they, they bring all these other things. They don't bring the peace of God. They don't bring any of that. And some of us have to put some of that away. Some of you need to have that worship in your house. Right? Spend your $14 a month and get your Spotify. Right? And, and just have worship in your life. Just having that presence of God. God has called Emerge Church to be His church, a church that He can send people to. You know, we're going to do all the right things. We're going to have great doctrine. We're going to do good works. We're going to disciple, care, and love people the way that God wants us to. We're going to preach an example and, and believe and, and preach the righteousness of Christ. Preach living a righteous life. We're going to do all those things, but I want to be known for God's presence, for the fact that God is real. If it was good enough for Moses to cry out, I'm not going anywhere without you, God, then it's good enough for us to have that same cry, to have that same cry. See, if knew, Moses knew that it was God's presence that made them different to all the surrounding people of the earth, then I believe it's good enough for a merged church to believe that it's His presence that makes us distinct from all the other people in this world, from every other organisation in Brisbane. So let 2023 be the year where you yield.